Welcome to the 188th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we're playing it, we will be talking about it. Today we are recording on July 6th, 2020. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this year's show with me is my co-host and a man who is not throwing away his shot, Carlos Rodella. Wait, is that a reference to something? I don't know what it is. Are you serious? I think I don't know what that is. It's a reference to Hamilton? Oh, see, I don't know anything about the world of Hamilton. Oh my god, what? Have you, have you been living in a bubble? Where you been? Hamilton has been like all over the place for like two or three years or whatever. It's a self-made bubble and it doesn't let Hamilton in. And everybody can send hate mail to me. It's fine. I just, to each his own, it's just not something for me. Oh my gosh. Are you a musical theater person or no? Also no. Also no. I, I wouldn't say that I was until I got married and my wife loves musical theater. So we started going to the shows because that's something she likes to do. And I actually really like musical theater. I, I, I enjoy it. I uh, have worked on a few productions. Uh, so I, I got to say that I'm definitely like I have a, a, a toe in that world. I'm certainly not in the middle of it. But, you know, Hamilton is like the biggest thing since who knows when. And it just came out on Disney Plus. So we would never be able to afford tickets to it. Uh, we probably would not see it in person for who knows how long. And then on top of all this virus stuff, even double that. So we were thrilled when it came to Disney+. Plus. We just watched it on that uh, for the very first time after listening to the soundtrack a jillion times. And it was pretty good. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good. I think the people who like it, that's a cool thing for Disney+, Plus to have that. Especially, like you said, at this time, people are staying in. So kudos. Good job. Uh, we'll never watch it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, have fun with it. Also, I did see Moulin Rouge, though. And I remember enjoying that. The actual film. Yeah, because it was like kind of weird and interesting. They did like weird covers of like popular songs. Yeah, wasn't it like a Boz Lorman film? I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, it was a really, I don't know, it was weird and cool. And I don't know, I like that one. But in general, if you start singing, I start running. <laughs> All right. Well, we know uh, we know who likes musical theater on this show, and we know who doesn't. We just learned something about ourselves today. Hope we all feel a little bit better as human beings. Let's not dwell on musical theater, though. Uh, let's get to the show. Typical no bullshit intro, low fat. We're gonna get right to it. But before we do get into the games, just a little bit of housekeeping. Um, I will let you go in a second, Carlos. But I want to first off apologize to the listeners in case my voice is off or in case I sound stuffy. I had a major allergy attack later uh, earlier today uh, was out in the yard. I am your typical uh, video game nerd where I like to stay inside all the time. I don't like to be outside and have really bad grass allergies. And I had to go outside to work on a chicken coop. And the guy next door to me was mowing and I just about died. And I came inside uh. and I was like, oh, I've been recovering all morning. So if I sound stuffy or weird, I apologize. Blame it on the grass. Um, Carlos, you've got one thing and then I've got one more thing. What's the thing that you've got for housekeeping? Wait, you don't want to blame it on the rain? No, because I'm actually pretty good in the rain. I, <laughs> I like being in the rain. I know it's a song. Okay. I'm just messing with you. You didn't, you didn't know about throwing away your shot. I know. Like I was trying to throw a reference at you that I do know, which is like I from do. the 90s, right? Millie Vanilli, yes. The yeah. people who were not actually singing the song. Interesting story. We're not going to talk about it now. Not going to talk about it now, but it is also musical. Uh, my only housekeeping is, first off, 188. So one of my... I think my favorite number is 88 for, since I was a kid for some reason. Uh, so we're on the episode, I guess, partly of my favorite number. So cool. Cool. And 88 was my favorite number because I like the infinity symbol. And it was like two infinity symbols. I don't know. 
it was a thing when I was like six. Uh, <laughs> second thing is uh, PlayStation. They have this blog called The Drop, and they've been doing it for a long time where they kind of say, hey, here's what's coming up on PlayStation and, and releases, right? Uh, I've heard of it, yes. Yeah, and I love it. And it's always something I look at because I'm, again, like last episode I mentioned, obsessed with games and buy every one. And so I want to see what's coming out on PlayStation, uh, usually on Monday night, which is tonight, at 9 p.m. Pacific, because lots of games come out early. Uh, if you didn't know that, pro tip... If you're on the West Coast, at 9 p.m. Pacific, you can get some of the games that come out Tuesday. I thought it wasn't until 1 o'clock on Tuesday. I thought that was when they updated. It's 12, no. on, it's 12 o'clock on Monday, some of the games. Like midnight. Yeah, midnight. And so that's oh, 9 o'clock okay. here. So lots of times pre-order games you can get early, uh, and I get really excited. And sometimes they don't just they just like release a bunch of stuff around that same time that it isn't sometimes even announced. So... Anyways, I went to the PlayStation The Drop, and they haven't updated that blog in forever. And I'm sure part of it's coronavirus, but uh, it's just interesting because I think it's a great place to say, hey, you know, you didn't know about these games. Here's some excitement. Uh, Check it out. And I just like having a place to go check out which new games are. So now I just kind of turn it on and hope for the best. But I do like that service, so hopefully they bring it back. Who runs the drop? Is it any one specific person? Is there like a host for it? Or is there I, one? You know, I used to listen to the PlayStation podcast. I think it's changed quite a bit, but the older version, they would talk about the people who ran it, but now I don't know who runs it. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I kind of, I don't go to the drop, but I used to do that all the time. Like every Tuesday, I would be like a little religious um, ritual for me where I would go and log into my PS4 on Tuesday at like one or two o'clock when all the new stuff hit and I would check it out every week. I still do that, but not so much with the PlayStation anymore. I noticed that I totally do it with the Switch and I do it almost every night because stuff drops on the Switch store like bananas all, like the, time. all the time. Yeah. So I do it like right when I go to bed. That's my new religion where I just jump into bed, get ready to go to sleep, and then I check into the store, see what's new that day, uh, play a little game. So I, I, I still have that habit, but not with the PS4 so much because... I notice, like, I go to the PS4 if I have something specific that I'm going to play, but otherwise I go to the Switch for just my what's up this week sort of browsing. Right. Yeah, I think um, this this is a, it's kind of a part that I was going to talk about in the show, but I'll just talk about it here. I think my one of my biggest issues with gaming in general, and it's a personal issue, but I keep looking for, like, perfect experiences, which is, I know, silly, but, like, I, once you had what you really like you kind of get drawn to it. Like, perfect example, Greedfall. I love that RPG. We talked about it in the show before. Um, a first-person game, like Deus Ex or something, I totally get lost in. Uh, Rage 2 I've mentioned before because the shooting's so good. There's certain games where I go, ooh, that's great. And then every time I go to the, the store, I'm always just, like chasing that experience. you know. And I think that's a fool's errand. Because there's so many different, you know, games out there and they're trying to do different things. Yeah, but, yeah. But I think that's why I search so much for, like, you know, different places to, like, see what new new, new games are out. Because I keep searching for that one that will scratch that itch, you know, like the other I ones. I hear you. I totally hear you. I mean, I think for me, I'm just always looking for something new and interesting. And I don't really care, like, what it is. I don't, I don't think there's any one specific genre that I want to keep going back to. I mean, I love roguelike so i check them all out but i'm totally happy if somebody puts out a platformer or if somebody puts out a third person game or you know i'm just, i'm fine with anything as long as it's new and interesting like it's got to catch my attention so I, i'm always on the hunt for something that looks like oh what's that like a new idea 
a new concept, a new yeah. twist to gameplay. That's what I'm after. See, that's funny. And this is just a mini discussion here at the top because I'm both ways. Like, you know, we, we, we play all the games. Like, that's what so video is. Literally all the games. We yes. play all of the games. And so I do, of course, like anything unique and weird. And I usually bring a unique, weird game to the show. That said, I want to, especially right now with the world and stuff, like how it is, I want to get lost in something. And so I feel like what I keep drawing back to is it's a fun, unique experience on my Switch or it's a fun, like, you know, bullet hell shooter on my PS4, but it's not going to, like, let me go lost in it, you right. know? And it's I not going to fully, like, immerse yourself in a world, right? Yes, exactly. And I think that's what I keep... That's really what I'm searching for. It's not just yeah. the, like, the style of gameplay because there are all tons of different types of games, but I keep wanting to get, like, what can I really just go into? And yeah, one of those games will be in the show. All right. I was just about to ask you what was your last one, but we'll save that since it seems like you've got one already in the queue coming up. Yep. All right. One more little quick piece of housekeeping. I have not mentioned this to you, Carlos, so this will be kind of kind of a surprise to you and definitely a surprise to the listeners because I have not called up each one individually and told them yet. Uh, just going to catch all you guys at once here. Um, so it is basically halfway through the year 2020. Uh, I think... We should probably, not this episode, but maybe next episode, do a mid-year check-in to see what our favorite games have been so far. I put out a tweet a couple days ago, asked a bunch of people what their favorite games of the year were so far, what do they think is going to be in their top 10 at the end of the year. Got a bunch of responses, I got a bunch of notes. I'd be very curious to see like what is your you know, top five games of the year so far. I've got a bunch of games lined up, and I think it'd be cool to talk about that since 2020 is half over. It's half over. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know what? Good riddance. So far, absolutely. I'm second Good that Good riddance. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's get to Christmas and get some changes happening. But, yeah, I think uh, I would like to do that. Yeah, I'll uh, make a list, and we can do it next episode. All right. Well, I'm going to throw this out to the listeners as well. Listeners, uh, if you can hear the sound of my voice and you want to participate in the next episode, please email us or tweet us or somehow get a hold of us and tell us, I don't know, like maybe your top three games of the year so far. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be final. I'm not going to hold you to it, but we will tally them up and see what people like. I will collect all the answers that I got from Twitter and we'll just have a big talk about what's been good so far. So that's uh, that's what I think we'd like to do next episode. You down, Carlos? I'm down. All right. That's going to do it for housekeeping unless you got anything else. That's it. All right, folks. Enough of this blather at the beginning. Let's get down to what you came for. The games chat. Carlos, as usual, you will start us off. You've got a couple of things here. Uh, why don't you start us off with uh, Sword of Ditto and then finish up with Bulletstorm? Okay. And I also have that game on the Switch, too, right? Oh, you got a, you got a secret tennis game, don't you? Yes, yeah. you do. Yes, you do. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so we'll do Sword of Ditto. These are just kind of quick hits. Uh, sort of did. I've wanted to play forever. I really like the art style, and it has a. It's basically like a RPG roguelike, which again, you know, if you listen to the show, I generally don't like the roguelikes. But the art style is really cool, really cartoony. Uh, I just like the art style a lot, and um, it just recently got an update. So everyone's talking how the update really helped it and made it more stable and, you know, added some extra quests and stuff like that. So essentially what the game is, is you start the game and it's been a hundred years and you've got to like go save the world, etc. But Is this like a top-down Zelda-like or what kind of like, what are we, what are we yeah. dealing with here? Oh, you said exactly. Yeah. Top-down Zelda-like. Uh, you can cut things with your sword. You run around. You have different, like a bow. You can shoot arrows. Uh, yeah. Just like a top-down Zelda. Okay. And, and essentially, 
you know, upgrading your character with things like stickers and all sorts of like fun, quirky little things. Stickers? What do you do with a sticker? Do you stick it on your forehead? Like, what do you do? Well, that'd be cool. Uh, No, they're just all, they're basically just upgrades. It's just a cool way to do it, like a sticker book. Um, You have different stickers and they just give you different, you know, ability. Oh, okay. So they're not actually like on your character or anything? No, 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 no. That'd be cool though. Okay, okay, okay. But it's just another way to show off the really cool art style because it's definitely like, you know, think Earthbound and just anything quirky, Undertale a little bit, like... It's really cool style. So that's why okay. I wanted to play it again. I heard the update was good. And the actual gameplay, besides running around hitting things with your sword, is the idea is supposed to die at some point because there's enemies that are way harder than you, dungeons that are real, too difficult, a la any roguelike. And at some point you'll die, but that's okay. That's part of it. And the whole idea is the history resets, not resets, but goes on for about 100 years. And then there's another hero that will take it your place essentially and you control that hero now and uh, like basically certain things you know uh, carry over so again you have certain abilities certain things that you can start with which is similar to uh, lots of roguelikes and that's it i mean right now i've only played a few hours i get the hook um i don't think it's enough to keep going for me Oh, you're already out. Well, I might already be out because, unfortunately, what I just led with this episode, uh, an asterisk to any review from here until I find a game that I want to get lost in, (laughs) is I'm really kind of ADHD in a way of, like, I really, I'm going to go on to the next thing until I find something that can really sink my teeth into. You're like a little delightful butterfly video games. You just flip from flower to flower, spending just a moment, and then you just Just move on Just a moment, and look at this. That's beautiful. Oh, hello. Sort of. (laughs) Ditto, you are beautiful and fun. And you're, I mean, it's really, really awesome to look at, right? It's really cool cartoony graphics. Um, I think that, yeah, I just, like, I found monsters I couldn't take on or that overwhelmed me, and so I had to run back and heal and... I just basically they're they're saying like you have to die at some point. And it's funny because it is like a top down Zelda game where if you play it smartly, you don't have to die. You know what I mean? Like you can run away and roll away and attack only the things that make sense and but then at some point they like kind of gate areas off because it's really, really difficult. So I just found myself like playing the game and not dying for a long time. And I feel like I felt like I was in the middle of like what they wanted me to do. I think they wanted me to rush in and go to the area where I was going to fucking just eat shit. And so they could do their little trick and be like, ah, it's the next you. Um, But I didn't want to. I was like trying to play it like a like I would play a Zelda game. And so I felt like I was in between. So that's another reason why I kind of might be bouncing because I didn't know. I didn't really want to buy into how they wanted me to play the game. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. fuck your game design, sir. Fuck it, I say. <laughs> um, so let me ask you a question because I actually bought this a while ago. Uh, one of my good friends, uh, Jeremiah Bratton, uh, formerly of the Game Bar podcast. I was a big fan of that show. I'm sad that it's not there anymore. But uh, we are still good friends. Uh, lives down the road for me. And he recommended this, said it was great. And I bought it on his recommendation. Uh, primarily because he said, just like you said, that the update or the DLC or whatever it was, the recent thing they did actually made it way more playable. I guess it was a little rough when it first came out, but they took some player feedback and polished things up. And I, I've heard it's in a pretty good shape right now. So I did buy it. Have not started it yet, but it's in my Switch. My question to you is when you like, I get what you're saying. Like you, you die, you have to uh, start with a new character. Although I guess you, you know, certain things carry forward. So I guess my question is if you 
have one of your characters, you go through the world, you hit a monster that's just way harder than you are, and you get killed. When you reincarnate or whenever your your descendant or whatever shows up, is that person stronger? Or like what is what is the value of dying and having it be a descendant? Does something change? Or like what is what is the hook besides just the idea that it's your descendant? I don't I don't know yet. I mean I guess it's basically just repeating what you had to do because the whole goal is to beat one character, uh, Mormo, Mormo. That's right. Yeah. And you've got to beat Mormo and that's like your main thing. So if it really doesn't matter what, even if you carry over some like extra stuff or upgrades or whatever, you still have to do the same thing again. So again, maybe I need to play it longer to see if I die a bunch more, you know, like something happens more or maybe even the third time. Cause when I was like, there was like a tutorial kind of section and the character was like explaining to me how the whole world works. After I like died or whatever, I kind of just didn't want to die. And I was just, again, playing it smartly. So I've kind of been in limbo for a while. So maybe I'm not like far enough along, you know, to see some sort of advantages. But, Interesting. But, for, but for now, it seems like it's just I got to keep doing this thing to get to be strong enough to do this Mormo guy. And I don't know. I don't know what the advantages are quite yet. So. Well, I, I was wondering if it was going to be... Did you ever play Rogue Legacy that came out a couple oh, years yeah, ago? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, in Rogue Legacy, it's kind of like what you're describing, where there's one big bad guy, you jump into the game, uh, you get as far as you can. If you die, then your descendant takes up the quest. But your descendant would have, like, an ability or a new power, and they would also carry forward any of the upgrades that your previous descendant had. So, like, even if you kept dying, you would eventually get stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, and so like the game would get easier as you went because of just how the generations carried forward. You don't, you don't notice any of that type of system so far. Let me read from the, the page because I, I, I want to do this a game <laughs> service. Okay. Okay. You're being I absolutely usually, fair. I respect yes. that. Okay. So it says roguelike plus adventure RPG. Each adventure becomes its own legend, both distinct from those that came before it and part of the heroic legacy that binds together the deeds, successes and failures of each hero Hero's Adventure have implications for those that follow include the ability to find weapons and recover loot from history's fallen heroes. See, that's not enough for me. If that's what it mm. is, you're like finding the sword that the first you're person doing used. A corpse run on your your dead body, basically. I mean, yeah, I mean, it sounds like a that. Dark Souls thing or whatever. And there's co-op, which is interesting. The stickers I like. I think you. I think those carry over. Um, I think what my original hook was, what why I like this game. I saw it at PAX a long time ago. Was that you know, parts of this are procedurally generated. So you have like this idea that, ooh, this is a whole new story. That first story did happen and the dungeon was like that and it looked like this and the forest was like that. And now this is another character, but now the forest is different. And, but at the same time, all that stuff still happened. It wasn't like it was reset, you know. He went through that forest, it was procedurally generated a certain way and then he died. And now you're the new person. And that in concept, that's like, really interesting to me uh and i think that like some of the story bits like the npc stuff carries over you know like they'll talk about that hero like oh you know that yeah that person did that thing but that still doesn't so far seem like enough for me to be hooked interesting okay fair enough but it sounds i mean i already bought it and i'm kind of interested hearing you talk about it so maybe i'll queue it up i'm actually just about to start something new on the switch so maybe this is the perfect time but we shall see that's funny remember that one game you were like i hate this game and i'm like i'm gonna go buy it (laughs) <laughs> yes 19 so, what was it 1971 yeah helios whatever project. that was yeah yeah helios project yeah 
So you're not talking about it on this show, are you? Are we talking about that? No, we're not. I no, I could I could at the end of the show maybe. But um, I'm gonna make a note. I'm gonna make a note. You might go it. to search a ditto, and I might bounce from it. So that might be a role reversal. We shall see. All right, enough of sort of ditto. Let's move on. Bulletstorm full clip edition. Uh, I played this a while ago, uh, but let's hear about it. Remind us uh, again, what is Bulletstorm, Carlos? Bulletstorm is a shooty shoot game uh, where you, you shoot people <laughs> and then they fall down and you go, I gotcha. It's one of those. Okay, great. Thanks for That's bringing it. that to the and show. So, and I what like else it. you got? Uh, next game. <laughs> next game. <laughs> uh, it, was, it came out in 2011, by the way. First-person shooter from the developer. People can fly. Never heard of them. They got big with something else, and it is escaping my memory. But they made their name on something else. Yeah, I'm gonna Google it. You keep talking. Okay, Epic picked them up. I guess they were part of Epic Games, right? So I think that's where it got released. Um, it's old school. It feels like uh, what's it called? Um, oh my goodness. Oh my. God. Uh, it feels like uh, Gears of War characters in a first-person shooter game where you just have to kill a bunch of bad guy, monster, alien things, and there's some cybernetics and some crazy mechanics. It's just balls-to-the-wall shooting. It's like Rage 2 meets um, Gears of War. That's what it's like. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of like that. And it's, again, an older game, but they kind of put some new polish on it, did a lot more animations, did new textures, I forgot that it even came out as a kind of a remaster, I want to say. But I was looking for something just kind of a simple first-person shooter that was fun. It was on my PS4. It was super cheap. And it delivered. I got to say, this is a fun-ass game. There's a couple problems I have with it. Uh, It doesn't matter because, again, it's an old game and we're just lucky to have it around still. But, you know, the story is nothing to write home about. It's ridiculous. It's over the top. It's like, you know, any other... Dude, let's go do this. Those guys are bad. Whoa. All right. Kill. That's it, right? That's all you need to know about the story. <laughs> I, I thought we were playing the game for a second. I thought it was an actual clip. <laughs> that was a clip. I did voiceover for it. Um, you know, it, it's kind of funny here and there, but it's just generally over-the-top ridiculousness. But the cool thing is you have this kind of, like, little whip thing that you can, like, latch onto enemies and pull them towards you. Um, and then when you do that, it makes it go slow motion. So you can literally pull an enemy. They're slow motion flying at you. You can shoot them while they're flying at you. Then you can also kick them, and then you can shoot them again. And that's all one action. Um, there's also environmental puzzles. So like basically, you can you know, environmental kills. You can pick up a guy, kick him or whatever, and he falls into electricity. You latch a guy, pull him towards you, and he hits some spikes, and so he dies that way. And it's like... At the very beginning of the game, they were like, this uses vulgar language and a lot of gore. Are you okay with that? And you could, like, turn it on and off. So, you know, it's over the top, like, gory, bloody, which is, you know, body parts everywhere. But it's also so cartoony in a way that it's just ridiculous and you don't take it very seriously. Kind of like Mortal Kombat, as people tell me. As, as yeah, I was going to say, I don't know that I would... I mean, I know people portray it that way it doesn't strike that way to me but i hear it doesn't to me either sure. you know we both I, we both yeah. think that's ridiculous but this is a, again a lot a lot of yeah crazy deaths and stuff but it's just really fun like it's just super fun super fast um i found myself running out of ammo a little bit too much but in general yeah i can see what was popular back in the day did you do you remember playing it 
Oh yeah, I totally played this game back then. I thought it was super boring. Couldn't stand it. It was oh really it was dumb. Did not care for it. Yeah, I I'm mean, not the biggest. I'm not the biggest first person shooter guy. Just up front, like it's not my favorite genre. I don't generally enjoy those kind of games unless there's some kind of cool hook. And I thought that maybe the whip that you know that you described that you can use to combo guys and stuff would be interesting. I just got really bored of it because they just want you to do combos like. Whip, I mean, just like you said, whip the guy, shoot him, kick him into some like spinning blades or something, and then whip the parts and shoot him again. I mean, it's like, whatever. I played it for like a few minutes, and I'm like, ugh, boring. I moved on. Not my thing. Not my thing. I'll agree that it's dumb, but sometimes you just need dumb fun too, right? Like, oh, sure. I would oh, say sure. I would say this is very similar to Doom. Like, I, I can't see any distinction, and I might get a lot of hate for that for some reason, but it really just feels like a, a Doom game where you're like, um, I'm going to go this way and shoot this guy's head off, I guess. That's all it feels like. So sometimes you need that, fine. Here's my two biggest problems, which you might remember. One, you they're bullet sponge enemies when they're like really weak enemies. So like you said, it's almost like, and almost like sort of ditto. They want me to play the game their way, which yes. is do all these combos because that's how we think it's really cool looking. But... That doesn't make sense because there's a guy who's like really weak and I have all this armor and it takes 10 shots to kill him or something. Yeah. You know, like I literally whipped this guy into spikes. He fell down in front of me and he got back up and I was like, what? No, you're a peon little guy. Like you're not supposed to be, I'm not supposed to be spending all my ammo on you. So I think that's dumb the way they kind of like force you into these like puzzle mechanics. Secondly, and this is when I stopped playing the game. The, inf- the infamous Carlos has had enough moment. <laughs> the butterfly has, has oh, flitted away. The what butterfly, I like that. The butterfly has, has uh, flew away. Is they do those missions, which, thank goodness, maybe developers have gotten past this finally. That stupid mission when you're in a car and you're shooting at the back of the car. Sure. Yeah. Fuck those missions. But <laughs> you're in one of them. And until that moment, until that one little, you know type of uh gameplay i'm kicking ass right i'm a motherfucking the man smashing things killing things get in that car and immediately my health goes down because there's flying things flying at me missiles are going and i'm not shooting all the people out of the sky and it's a totally different mechanic because now i got a turret gun which isn't what i learned on you know the whip right remember the whip no the whip does nothing um and so then i died like five (laughs) times in a row on that mission and politely closed the app carlos was out the butterfly has flew away fuck that game so in closing fuck that game but it was fun for a little while (laughs) it was fun for a while but in closing fuck that game (laughs) that describes so many games that we talk about here on the so many games podcast well you've changed me i think i i said that less but yes that is Kind of what would life is like. just too short to spend your time on bullshit games, honestly. So I'm proud of you for putting that game down if it wasn't floating your boat. Good oh, putting you. it down. That's kind of good. Yeah. There you go. All right. So one more in your initial salvo here. You said mystery tennis game. What mystery tennis game? Oh, yeah. This is weird. Uh, you know me. I like tennis games. You do. I like them on my Switch. I was trying to, you know, find the best one. I think I found a couple. Oh, yeah. My favorite one was an old school one. Uh, family tennis on the SNES emulator. Yep, yep. You mentioned that. We talked about that at length in a previous episode. This game came out of nowhere. Oh, I didn't do my research. I think it's free uh, or like really cheap because <laughs> it's they... not that fucking like 19th century fancy pants one, is it? 
maybe. Oh, wait, hold shit. on, hold on. That, wait, 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 wait. This is amazing because I looked at this fucking game. It's <laughs> I don't. Okay, I'm gonna let you describe it. I'll just say that I looked at this game in the store and I literally said out loud, "Who the fuck is this game for?" And then I moved. <laughs> And then I, I moved on, and I couldn't in, in my head I couldn't imagine who that game was for. It's for you. <laughs> well, it's partially for me. It's called World of Tennis Roaring Twenties. Oh, it is that fancy pants game. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong in the fact that when I saw it, I go, "Who is this for? What are they oh doing? Why would I pick a particular game of tennis and then want it in the twenties? And how is it different? And how is it in the twenties? So I think again. Look it up for me if you could. I think it's on I'm Steam. It I think now. it costs money. Uh, I think I paid money. No, it's free to play. It's free to play. It's free to play on Steam, so it must be free to play on Switch. That's probably why I picked it up. I was like, well, there's no harm in that, right? Tennis 1920s. The world, The it world of free. tennis, Roaring 20s. It's free. Okay. Here's what it is. It's a tennis game. It's got monetization in it, which is why it's free. I'm not going to touch any of that stuff, of course. And they they have 1920s outfits. There's 1920s rackets. Okay, so there's the 20s a little bit. You're playing in these like very fancy, uh, you know, uh, clubhouses, etc. And there's multiplayer if you want to do that. There's just AI if you just want to play tournaments. There's no real career mode, which is sucky, uh, but there are tournaments. And here's why I even like kept playing it past the tutorial because. It is not like a tennis game, which I generally like, which is you really action, visceral, run over to the ball, you know, pick your uh, whatever your slice or whatever kind of way you want to hit the ball and just really reactionary. Right. I like that as a tennis game. This is one of those ones where you move a little bit, like move to the area where you might want to 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 get to the ball. And then you use the right analog stick to aim where you're going to hit it. And then you can also use like triggers with the right analog stick to do like special moves like a lob or whatever. And initially I was like, okay, fuck this game even more because that's not how I like my tennis games. And then it grew on me. And I was like, wait, this is really fun. Remember that tennis game, which I hated, which was more of a puzzle game that you liked, I think? I liked it for like half an hour. Yeah, I know the one you're talking about where it's kind of like a quick time event rather than actual. Tennis right, mechanics. right, right. Yeah. You liked it a little bit. And I didn't like that because, again, there was no control over the character. Right, this one right, right. is a mixture of those two. So you're definitely controlling going to the left, going to the going to the net, going back a little bit, but not a lot. Just like in these little quadrants. And it's really about once once the ball go, comes to you, it's you right on that right analog stick picking where you're going to put it on the other side of the net. And it gives you a lot of freedom that way. And I mean, you're still going to fucking miss shots and you're going to go out and you, you know, you're not going to get everything right. But you're aiming to this area. And then you also have stamina. So that actually works really well where like you can do a lot of great moves in the beginning, but later on your character's going to get tired and you can't pull off these crazy shots you're trying to do. It is 1000% addictive. Like I cannot believe it. I played four tournaments. Like, I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> this game is for me, it turns out. Oh, also, man. there's 1920s music in the background, which I like. Dude, I just, I, this is like <laughs> perfect. This is absolutely perfect because I'm looking at this game now and I'm just like, oh my God, the graphics. I can't even deal with how the graphics are. And I just like, I'm not big on tennis. I, I could not be more out 
for this game, but I'm very glad that you like it. I'm glad that you tried it. And I find it hilarious that out of all the games on the Switch, when I'm like, who the fuck is this for? It's for Carlos Rodella. It's for the butterfly, man. It is uh, let's for just call, let's just do it. The hashtag butterfly. Hashtag butterfly. Yes. Um, but also this, I'm not flying away from this one, man. Where where I was out on Bulletstorm's fucking bullshit mission, I'm actually back in, full in, and wish there was a career mode in this because oh of. Gosh. I'll say this last thing. Just because of the mechanic. The mechanic is really good. There's something solid about that right analog stick thing, man. I'm telling you, it's pretty solid. The butterfly has sunk his proboscis <laughs> deep into tennis 1920s free to play on the oh, Switch. I'm happy that you found it, Carlos. I'm glad that you're enjoying yourself. Come I back. You like your okay, but come back and do an intervention if I spend money on it. If if I find out you spent $1,000 on haircuts and shirts. No, I if I spend words. $5, you have to have an intervention. Oh, oh, for just five. That's a pretty low bar for intervention. Okay, so noted. So yeah. noted. <laughs> All right, moving on. We got plenty of stuff left to talk about. Uh, let's kick it over to me for a little while. Uh, I was doing my own version of the butterfly recently. I picked up a game on Switch called Swarm Riders. It hit the eShop for the whopping uh, price tag of 50 cents. So Whoa. whenever something comes up for less than a buck, I'm always like, okay, I mean, that's pretty. that's a pretty low bar for me. I mean, I don't know about you, but my usual like gamble on a questionable game limit is like usually no more than 15 bucks. I try to keep it to 10 if possible because I don't like throwing any money, especially right now. But 50 cents, I'll fucking spend 50 cents on almost anything, man. Yeah, well, like you can accidentally like, lose 50 cents by just looking in your pocket and then there it goes under the table. Dude, totally. I have I have dropped 50 cents. So like me spending 50 cents on this game, I'm like, okay, I'm... I'm open for anything. Let's see what these guys uh, want to deliver to me for 50 cents. I'm glad it was only 50 cents. I'll say that much. Uh, this game, I'm, it must be created by like one person or something. You So what it is, it's a endless runner game. I feel like it's even being too generous because I feel like it doesn't even have that many mechanics to it. You play a guy on a motorcycle who drives from one side of the screen to the other. And there is a lady on the back of the motorcycle with a gun. You can't even really tell. It just looks like a kind of a blob. Uh, and then there's a bunch of other monster blobs which are chasing your motorcycle. And you ride, and you control with one stick, you shoot with the other stick, and you just shoot these monster blobs for as long as you can. That's it. End of game. That's all there is to it. There is no upgrades. There is no story. There is no uh, chapters. There is no nothing. It's just that is all you do. And I finished one run. I think I played it for about maybe like 90 seconds and before I got overrun by the monsters. And I'm like, okay, well, I was like, am I going to put some points into a stat? Am I going to buy a new gun? I, nope. 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 You're not going to do nothing, motherfucker. You spent 50 cents. What are you expecting? <laughs> and so <laughs> that's it. That's all it was. I played it for like another like maybe 64 seconds, and then I deleted it. Very so. specific. Uh, that brings up a good point. It's similar to PS4, but on the Switch as well. And, and I, as I'm working on a game, every time you say a story like this, I mean, makes me like want to finish the game even though it's not even done and just fucking upload it to the store because these are not finished games oh my god these are barely games dude they're barely even games so it's just it's it's crazy because i'm sitting there and i'm looking at this and i'm like okay this took somebody an afternoon maybe two days to put together from scratch and it's up on the switch and of course you know i don't know what the switch's cut is but like you know i paid 50 cents they're getting I don't know, 25 cents, 20 cents. Who knows? Who knows how much they're getting? 
And I'm never going to play this game again. I basically just threw that money away. But, I mean, they got me. They got my sense, right? So if yeah. enough people like me gamble 50 cents, that guy's going to be able to buy a house because he sold his crappy game for 50 cents. Dude, all, all that did, which is great. I mean, this is a good service. Like, you didn't have a good time. That's fine. You spent 50 cents. No, no, you're not going to lose sleep over that. But here's what it really did. It, it inspired me to, after the podcast, finish my game. I'm just going to finish the fucking game, and it's not going to be done, and I'm just going to release it on a Switch. Fuck it. Fuck it. Just upload it for like a dollar, dude. And dude, you'll get like why a bunch not? of like looky-loo purchases. Dude, I have then... better character art. I've, I drew it myself. Like better mechanics than whatever you just described. <laughs> Fuck, man. Yeah, man. I mean, you've already, like, just you talking about it is a better game than what they delivered in Swarm Riders. You so. know what? <laughs> nice. That's hilarious. The, I have an old game called That Gold is Mine, which I don't know if you I remember. Yeah. I think I played it. If I could port that, fuck, that thing's done. That's it's already like, a better game than what I bought for 50 cents. I'm oh telling you straight goodness, up, your old game it. that you abandoned, already better than Swarm Riders. So put that like up on the store I for a buck. I abandoned it. <laughs> Buy yourself a house, buy me a pizza because I gave you the idea, okay. and then we're, we're both going to be better for it. Well, seriously, it won't be that close to mine because that was a harrowing adventure to get that <laughs> it actually finished. But I will finish my game right now and just like, you know, put a little bit of something on it and send it over to Switch. Thanks I for that. I think you should. You're going you're gonna to buy yourself a fucking house and a new car and all that shit. It's I'll get you a pizza. Thank you. I would appreciate it. Yes. Uh, moving on, I was sent a code for a brand new game that came out on Switch earlier this week called Dune Sea. Uh, I remember seeing this in some indie showcase a while ago, and I remembered it because you play a Canadian goose that flies. And I'm like, oh, cool. I haven't played many Canadian geese in my in my career. <laughs> I would I would like to be a Canadian goose at least once in a video game. So let's try this game. Uh, it is another small budget, small team production. What you do is you are a goose who is flying across the world after some kind of apocalypse happens. I think it's a meteor strikes the earth or something like that. And then shit gets fucked. And you are just flying to reunite your flock, I suppose. Um, you basically fly from left to right. But it's not one of those really peaceful, like scenic, chill meditative like flying games there's a bunch of those that are on pc and even some of them on the switch where you're just like flying just and it's just kind of just laid back this is almost like a platformer but you're flying where you have to fly and there's these weird rocks that are floating you gotta like fly up and down to avoid the rocks but there's also a stamina meter so you have to land once in a while mm. and then the mechanics of the flying are really not good like it just does not feel good to fly as this goose like it feels very awkward and when you have to like, sometimes you have to like turn back around because you went the wrong way and that just feels really awkward. And the stamina meter doesn't really, I didn't even know what it was the first few times I played because the game doesn't explain it. I just saw this meter that was like randomly appearing and disappearing and I had no idea what it was. And like full disclosure, I've actually seen Canadian geese in real life. They can fly for a fucking long ass time. Okay. Like they can fly for way longer than Yeah, they go seconds. like all north and then they all go all, yeah, all the way back south. They cross the entire fucking northern hemisphere without, like, fucking landing, okay? So, like, I, I shouldn't have to land every, like, ten seconds because my goose gets tired. Um, <laughs> I just, I I like the idea of flying. I like the idea of being a goose. I like the idea of having a chill game like that. But that's not what this is. It's just really irritating and annoying because you're dodging things and it doesn't feel good to fly. The mechanics don't feel like they work very well. The landing is crappy and the stamina meter is not great. I just, I like mm. the way this game looks in, in trailers, but actually playing it, I got... I just I really did not like it like at all. I think I played it for maybe 
maybe 20 minutes and i'm like okay i'm good on dnc like i don't need any more of that so yeah if you're making a flying down. game you might want to get the flying part you know really work on that i mean you would think that's where your focus would be right because it's kind of the premise of the entire game like if you have a, a game where you're a bird and it doesn't feel good to be a bird maybe examine that for a little while maybe go back to the drawing board on that and like work on it so well, it's know, just it's not great any any negative is a time for a positive because again uh something uh that you don't like turns into something that I do like. There's an app, uh, a game I've been playing called Airy. Have you heard of that? How do you spell it? A-E-R-Y. I have definitely heard of it. I don't know if I've played it. I think I probably bought it though. That sounds very familiar. I just bring it up because it's a bird and it feels relaxing and you collect things. And I think the description on the, on the game was like, hey, you had a hard day out there at the world and it all sucks. <laughs> Come home and play Airy and just be a bird and fly and get things. Yeah, I'm I'm down with those. I I do like those kind of bird flying games where you just chill. Um, so those are pretty good. Um, the, my favorite one is actually not even where you're really a bird. Just a really quick mention for Air A E R, which comes from another small team. What? You're There's A E R and A E R Y. Yeah, those are two d- totally different games. Weird. But Air A E R, I believe it's on like every system. Uh, you play as a girl who can transform into a bird, and the flying feels great in that game. Like you can swoop and dive, and it feels natural. And you can get catch the air currents, and it just feels acrobatic. And you can there's stuff to do, like there's dungeons and stuff. But you can also just chill, just like go up and fly through the clouds and stuff. It feels great. So like yeah. that's what a game should feel like when you're a bird. Check out A E R. I really like that one a lot. Air, uh, Dune C really disliked that one. Did not. I think they just missed the point of what they were going for in that one. It just seems like a really weird concept to me. But mm-hmm. okay, uh, last game in my particular segment here, Monster Prom XXL. Uh, trying this one out. It just hit the Switch a little while ago. I saw this one at PAX a long time ago. The people working on the game seem like they're pretty cool people. Uh, it's a kind of a... It's hard to describe what this is because it looks like it's going to be a visual novel slash dating simulation filled with people who are half human, half monster. There's like a demon guy. Uh, I want to say there's a werewolf guy. There's like a ghost girl who loves to party. There's a... Medusa girl who's got the snake hair, of course. You know, there's so there's it, it's look like you're in a, a monster high school. It looks like it could be a cartoon, it looks like it might be an indie comic book or something. The art is actually pretty good, kind of hand drawn, really loosey goosey style. I think it's it looks good. Um, but that's not actually what it is. The, the look of what it is is very different from the actual feel of what it is. And what it feels like, it's really strange, but it feels like a board game, is what it feels like. Um, the premise of this game is that you pick one of four characters and I don't think it matters who you pick. I think it's just cosmetic. Um, and you want to pick somebody to say yes when you ask them to go to the prom. That's the entire premise of the game. So what you do is you pick a character, you go to high school, every round there's like, I don't know, like eight locations you can go to go to the cafeteria, go to the gym, go to the library, go to English class, whatever. And each one of those places has a different stat. So like you go to English class, you get like plus two intelligence. If you get if you answer a question correctly, or if you go to the gym, you get another question. And if you answer correctly, you'll get like plus two, like, I don't know, charisma or something or whatever. So basically you just go around from room to room, round to round, answering these questions, getting points. And if you get enough of the right kind of points to ask the right person, for example, the Medusa girl, who was the first one that I was supposed to chase. Um, I think she is like ruthless slash intelligent or something like that so i had to get like a lot of intelligence points that was like my goal and if you get enough you ask her to the prom and then she's like yes and if you don't get enough points, she's like no and like that's it like you don't really get to know them very well Mm. you don't really have a lot of 
story development. It feels like you're just doing round after round of a board game. Like if this was on a board and you were like rolling dice, like it would totally make sense to me. It feels like you're just collecting points and trying to get to the goal, but it doesn't feel realistic. Like it doesn't feel like these are people. It doesn't feel like you are getting emotionally involved. It feels very mechanical. It feels very procedure based. Um, and I just, it's weird because it looks like it's going to be something totally different than it actually is. So I didn't care for it very much, but also the other thing that really kind of put me off of it is the writing is really strange. Like, uh, half the time they're trying to pull jokes where you're like, okay, that was kind of funny. And the other half of the time they're just like gross or really like over the top with a lot of like F bombs and calling people names. And it just seems like really try hard. Like it doesn't feel natural. Mm. It doesn't feel appropriate. So it feels like they're just saying really gross things um, to get a reaction out of you, but it doesn't make a lot of sense and it's not very enjoyable. Like, you know, like one time it would be like, I mean, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit here, but like one of the girls would be like, oh, what do you want to do tonight? And your choices are do do cocaine or fuck my grandma. Like it's like, and which oh, one geez. is which? Like, you know, I don't know which one is the better choice. neither of those sound good to me right yeah so like you just get a bunch of questions like that where you just don't even really know what you're supposed to say or like what you would even do and so you just kind of i felt like it's just like i was like rolling the dice with every question because i just couldn't figure it out i guess if you play it enough times and you just like memorize the stuff that you could probably fly through it and and win every single time but what's the what's the fun of that right yeah where's the dating sim part yeah, in that yeah exactly so it's a weird game because it looks very appealing i think it looks really cute in trailers that was kind of what sold me on it but actually playing it is kind of repellent in terms of the writing and just in terms of playing it it doesn't check any of the boxes that i would look for for a visual novel or dating sim so i think ultimately pretty disappointing i will say in fairness though um this game is really promoted as being kind of a multiplayer dating sim so i guess maybe part of the fun I guess is if you had multiple people like sitting around the console and you were all like taking turns, like maybe some of those questions would be funnier if you were drinking with friends, like in real life, maybe. Uh, but for me playing it by myself um, and you can play by yourself, you don't need friends. It's just not, not on target for what I'm looking for. So, yeah, I seen some of the reviews online. Um, there's some good scores, but a lot of people said what you said, echoing the idea that it's a board game. Uh, it's really just feels like, like you said, we're rolling the dice literally. Uh, and just trying to figure out how to win instead of like actually getting invested in the characters. So, yeah, and then mix that together with crude humor that maybe oh, some of it is, is so crude. Yeah, it just feels it felt really cringeworthy to me. A lot of these, and I wouldn't even want to play it in front of my son because I wouldn't want him to read some of that stuff that was on there. Some of it was pretty bad. So, all right, weird and just kind of distasteful. So anyway, that was Monster Prom XXL. Um, probably not. I finished it like maybe three or four times. You can finish it in like half an hour if you want to. Uh, and I just not really compelled to keep going on it. So I'm moving on, deleted it from my switch, wash my hands of it. Carlos, back to you, sir. You are playing bound by flame, which comes to us from French studio spiders. I'm actually a big fan of spiders, the studio, not the spiders, the creature. Uh, those guys can get fucked, but (laughs) spiders, the studio, uh, they're famous for like, they're, they, they're, they're swinging for the fences and they never get a home run, but they really try. And I really love that they're so bold and they try so many cool things. Um, they just never really get there for me. Uh, but 
Bound by Flame came out a couple years ago, and you are now just getting into it. Is this your first time playing Bound by Flame? It isn't, and also um, I will disagree with you and say because that you Greedfall, like Greedfall, yeah, that's their that's their winner, made. right? Yeah, that's a home run. That's like a, a solid okay. home run. Remember, so I they made got it, there. I made it my game of the year. You like that a lot. I bought it. I have it. I haven't gotten into it yet, but it looks really good. I'm really excited to play it when I get some time. I don't know when that's going to be, but yeah, I know you like it a lot. So maybe that is their home run. But prior to that. They've had four, five, or six games where they all start off really cool, and then they just something horrible goes wrong before yeah. before you get finished with it. So yeah, tell us about Bound by Flame. Well, let's hear. Here's how I arrived at it. It was in that same uh, butterfly mode I was in, and I was looking for something that I could really get lost in. And I remembered, um, you know, Spiders had worked on a bunch of games. Technomancer uh, was again one of those games where it was really good and then some of it was like corny and clunky and yeah. um i didn't mars warlogs mars warlogs i actually like mars warlogs maybe more than technomancer i think uh, i did too yeah i played a bunch of that too greedfall i beat uh, and loved every second of it so anyways i was like looking for more games that are this uh you know consequences rpg maybe difficult uh but also you know you can get get good etc and uh so anyways i just saw it i bought it a long time ago and went back into my uh, downloadable digital download and and got it back started it up and this is kind of a question for the audience i mean we can tweet this as well but how many games have you had where i think i might have brought this up before but like when you you know you started it but you never beat it and you have to like remember where the point in the game that you got to last time you know what I mean? You, yeah, that I think we even talked about this in the show, and in fact, I think we even did listener questions. Oh, did yeah. we? Okay, yeah, yeah. So, are you so are you saying that you picked it back up, or did you just start fresh? No, I started fresh, okay. but I was like, as I started back up, I was like, oh yeah, where, now where was the part where I? What made me quit bounced? last time? Yeah, yes. <laughs> and every time I get to an area, I go, oh, this is probably it because I remember this, and it wasn't, and I was like, oh okay, and I'm like, maybe this part, and so I realized as I'm like. I don't know, six hours in, seven hours in. I haven't even hit it yet, which means I played quite a bit of Bound by Flame. Uh, that game came out a while ago, though, 2014. So it's an old game. And I think it was their first true RPG uh, by Spiders. Yeah, I think that was the biggest they had done at the time. They were really going for that whole um, Dragon Age uh, contingent. I think that's what they were shooting for. Do you feel like they are on track with that? Yeah, and here, here's my um, kind of review is... Because I've played all their games now, I know their style, mm-hmm. and I know they're very defense-heavy, and they're very dodge-heavy. They're magic mixed with melee. Even if you don't want magic, you have to use it sometimes, and you have to yeah. use long-range yeah. stuff. So they have a style that um, that I've got used to, and then Greedfall, I feel like they perfected it, and I perfected using their style. Kind of going back to what we said earlier, like certain developers have a way that they want you to play their game, and sometimes it's bullshit and this one is it's difficult there's a learning curve but i would say it's not um dissimilar to dark souls where you know dark souls is definitely telling you like you should probably play it pretty much like this at least you can't button mash you get fucked um and so that's this kind of thing where you can't button mash in any fight really so it's got a dark souls mixed with dragon age mixed with um yeah an action rpg where certain staples are still there healing you know uh pausing for a minute to do a couple things in your menu coming back out you can do a lot of stuff in an action rpg but it's more consequences like any little monster can fuck you up 
because if you're not blocking or dodging, you know, a couple of hits can bring you down pretty quick. So normally I would be away from that kind of stuff, right? I'm not a Souls fan. But because I know these developers, I know how they want me to play the game. This second time around, long-winded answer to your question, is I'm doing much better with it. Like, I'm putting the points in the right things, you know, in the stats. Uh, I know how they want me to play it. I know they want me to play defensively. I'm putting things in parry. And I think I'm getting past the part I was before because I know how to play the game. Um, I know it may be because kinda, you're familiar with their past games. I'm familiar with their games. Yeah. yeah. Their and, style. And it's interesting as I'm kind of going back on what I just said in this episode a little bit, because I generally don't like that. Like, you know, telling me how to play a game, but I don't know. I, I'm interested in the worlds they build. Uh, I won't go into the story. You can play if you, if you like Greedfall, if you like um, this kind of, just interestingly different action RPG. Uh, you might dig it. There's there's ice lords. It feels like Game of Thrones. The story's kind of throwaway, but mechanics are fun, and I'm definitely like losing myself in it again. So I know we talked in text, and we're like, you were like, okay, that game I think falls apart later on, um, and it might, but I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm, I like I said, I'm a big fan of spiders. They make some really broken ass, super janky games. But like, I'm always, I'm always interested in what they do because they do, they do different things. Like they try something new every time. They always come up with really interesting concepts. They really go out of their way to try to change things up, and you never quite know what you're going to get with their work. They have never been really successful until Greedfall. I think that is definitely their biggest success. Um, which I got to get to, got to get to, got to get to it. Um, but yeah, I, I played Bound by Flame for maybe like, I mean, I want to say like at least 15 or 20 hours. And I really liked it uh, because at the time I was in the mood to play something Dragon Agey. And I actually am, I've fallen way out of love with Dragon Age. I don't like it anymore. Um, but it was really checking that box for me. And I, it's been such a long time since I played it. I played it the year it came out. So that was what, six years ago. I don't remember the details, but I remember getting like almost to the end and then something happened with the combat. Like, I think the combat just really spikes real hard at the end, which may be totally different by now. Maybe they've patched it since then. But I remember just being like, oh, my God, I can't I cannot punish myself like this anymore. And I was out. So I didn't finish it. But I did like what I played up until that point. Well, you know what it is? I think I think what I've already discovered about the game, it's unfortunate. And I know they fix it in Greedfall. Uh, and we mentioned that game now like 18 times in this episode. So everybody Greedfall. buy it. It's fucking great. But... um is this idea that if you don't block in that game or dodge, there's two different styles. There's a, a assassin type style, like a stance. And the other stance is like, you know, more, uh, you know, walking around and, and getting hit and using your two hand sword. You just kind of, you're slower, but you defend a lot. The other style is like dodging a lot and using, you know, two handed weapons. So in general, the way, the way that this game, like you succeed and don't get like just owned, like you might have been even like later on later in game is by blocking. So if you block something that could take you down in two hits, won't hurt you at all. And that is probably bad game mechanics because it doesn't really logically make sense. You know, like, you, you know, how can I block this thing that would have just taken me out in two hits, but that's how the game plays. And so for now I'm doing okay because I just go, if I'm in a pickle and my health will go up a little bit over time, I'm just going to block for a bit and like recover and then attack and then block so there's a there's i think a workaround but we'll see 
Well, we'll we'll see how it goes. I'm sure you will fill us in uh, on your progress. I would be very curious to see if it stays good all the way through because I do remember liking it a lot. But in all honesty, if I was to go back to a Spider's game, I would have to play Greedfall first. Because oh that is fuck! The one. I have no idea how you've not. And that's all. Let's just fuck, fuck Bound by Flame. I love it. It's a great game. <laughs> but let's just talk about you and Greedfall and what it's going to take to make you play it. It's I a perfect game for was, right now. I think it was just bad timing, man. Because I think when it came out, I was probably neck deep in a couple review games, and I'm like, I mean, I have it. I bought it, but it's just like I just haven't just haven't made the time and now that i'm in the middle of a couple really large games at the moment i just i don't want to take on a third one but okay it's on my list it's on my list uh okay turning it back over to me for a minute here carlos a couple episodes ago you mentioned skell attack correct yeah i did you did and you thought it was not going to be for me and i am here to say you are right that game is not for me oh that's going to be surprising you're like it's just for me Nope, you called it. You called it. I was interested in this uh, because of the art style. The, the art style correct. is great, right? It's so the cool. The art looking. style is great. It is a two, so for people who don't remember that episode, it's a 2D, I don't know, action platforming kind of game where you play as a skeleton with a little friend who is a bat. And it's the art style is really cool. There's something very interesting about it. I don't quite know what the technique is, but it looks cartoony, but there's something else going on there. There's like a... Some kind of a filter or something over the top of it. Yeah. And it gives it a very unique look. It's very appealing. It looks great in trailers. Um, and, you know, I'm a sucker for art style. So I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of vibing on this art style. That looks kind of good. And I was in the mood for a platformer. So I gave it a shot. Even though I knew you said I probably wouldn't be down with it. Uh, yeah, correct. I played that game for maybe the first 15, 20 minutes. And I was outski so hard. I just did not like the way it controlled. I did not like the way it felt. And I just did not... Like my, my, once I got used to how it looked and that wasn't really the hook anymore and I had to start focusing on gameplay, I was like, oh, this is miserable. I don't want to play this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I like I, the world that they built and those little yeah, characters, yeah. right? It's like cute. The, it looks the be, cute. The beginning is that cut scene. that's just really fun to look at. And you're like, yes, oh, yes. But like you said, it just gets into the core mechanics and you're like, well, I don't know about that. Uh, it is not good. The double jumping or whatever, the wall jumping or whatever it is, is crazy. It's just like, I just, I, it did not feel good in my hands to play. And it doesn't matter how good it looks. If it doesn't feel good, like graphics just can't carry it. Like they might hook me and get me interested, but it's not going to carry the day. So I was out of scale attack so fast. I just want to just, just on the podcast for the record, confirm that your guess that <laughs> I would not be into that game. Yeah, you were totally right. I was out of that game so hard. So but I you did like the art style too. So I was did like the art too. style. Yep, By the way, this is a tangent episode because I was just thinking about uh, Cuphead. Yes. And uh, that art style is amazing. And Super amazing. Probably groundbreaking, you might even say. And I think that's fair. I hate that game. <laughs> like, that is such an unfun game to play. It's just a shooter. It's just a, yes. like a old school, traditional, like, Gradius, really. It's just a shooting game. Uh, side-scrolling shooting game, in my opinion. And it doesn't matter how cool the things are on screen. It's difficult. There's a million things to dodge. And I hate it. I hate that game. And uh, but I love the art style. It's funny you say that because I did. I I also love the art style. I love the character design. I love the like the nineteen was the nineteen forties or whatever cartoon mm-hmm. style. The rubber hose animation. I think it looks really cool. Um, but yeah, that game can fucking eat one because that game. I I beat it. I beat it in the hardest setting. I finished that game all the way. What you got? Oh jeez. I yeah. I was. It was a hate play, right? Like I, everybody <laughs> was talking about it. Everybody was like loving on it. And I'm like, this game is not great. Like, this game is is just hard for the sake of being hard. It's not fun because it's hard. And if it wasn't as hard as it was, you would finish that game in, like, 60 minutes. If even 60 minutes, right? So they crank up the difficulty to make it last longer. 
And it's just not fun. Like Cuphead is, is just not fun. It looks great. I'm glad I finished it so I could talk shit about it. And anybody can step to me if they want to because I finished that motherfucker on the hardest level. Uh, so fuck y'all. I did, I did it. But man, that game is not fun. I absolutely agree. Looks can great, I, not fun. Can I take a break here for this episode and say currently, and we're near the end of the episode, the games that we did like <laughs> in this whole episode are one from 2014 and one that's tennis from the 1920s. We're going to add one more to that list because my next game is great. I saved oh, the best for last. Oh, good. Okay. The best for last. You saved the podcast. Save the podcast at the very end. Saved by the bell. Uh, so enough of Scale Attack, enough of Cuphead. Uh, I am currently playing Yes, Your Grace on Nintendo Switch. Have you heard of this one, Carlos? I have. It's it's literally went by my maybe I butterfly click it. Maybe I don't. All right. Well, you should probably come back to it because this game is great. I love it. Uh, yes, Your Grace is a 2D pixel-based game where you play a king. And I want to say it's a king in maybe like a fictionalized Poland or something. I, I I feel like the developer said this was based on somebody that lived a million years ago. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if any of these events are factual. I'm guessing probably not. Uh, maybe there was a king that they were inspired by. Who knows? It doesn't matter. Anyway, you play as this king in this uh, country. And what happens is it's a very small game made by a small team. And the game itself is small, as in it's fairly short. Each session that you play is also very short it's very neatly divided into very digestible bites because you start off in your throne room and people will come up to your throne and they'll say it'll be like a, a line of like six people right first guy will be like king my uh my crops died and the locusts and i need money to survive i'm going to starve can i have a couple gold pieces and then you can be like yes here's like two gold pieces or no nothing for you or Here's some, some, you know, here's some wheat. Go feed your family for a week. Like what you can, there's like optional choices you can give every time. Right. So like you're constantly judging how much gold do you have? How much gold are you making every month? How much supplies are you making? Like, you know, how much are you collecting from your kingdom? And then what do people want from you? Right. So like everybody wants something different. And like, I, I mean, mo money, mo problems, right? Because you're the <laughs> king and all you got is like problems and problems and problems. People bringing shit to your door constantly. It is ridiculous. So, like, all these people will be like, oh, my son is missing. Can you spare me a soldier? And it costs money to do that, right? So you're like, okay, do I want to help you? Even if I want to help you, can I help you? Sometimes you're so low on money that you just got to tell people no, and it feels shitty because it'll be like, oh, my daughter's kidnapped, and can you please help save her? You're Um, like, I'm broke, buddy. Yeah, like, I want to, but I can't afford the soldier to do it. I wish I could help, but I can't. So there's all sorts of little situations like that. But it's not just about that because what happens is you also have a family. You have a couple daughters. You have a wife. And what's going on is that your kingdom is about to get uh, bum-rushed by these guys that are invading. So their army is way bigger than your army. And you got to figure out what the fuck you're going to do because these guys are going to, like, really wreck your shit if you don't get, like, a defensive force going. So in addition to the the day-to-day stuff that you're doing with your people, the commoners, there's also a level where you are trying to take care of your family. Like you've got some like emotional problems going on in the family. Daughters are upset. Wife is, you know, sad, et cetera, et cetera. So you got to like deal with their stuff, like on a personal level. And those are like predefined characters. It's not, none of this is randomly generated. Uh, and then on top of that, you have to think about the kingdom as a whole where you're like, fuck, these guys are going to be here in like 12 days. I got to like, I got to get some soldiers. I don't have enough money. I got to get some food. We don't have enough crops. I got to get some weapons. What the fuck are we going to do? And so, there's all these other kingdoms that are surrounding you. I guess it's, you know, like European style, all these little fiefdoms and stuff around. So you can invite the other Kings and Lords and ladies to come over to your castle 
And you can be like, yo, I need some soldiers. Can you spare some? And some are like, absolutely. We're bros. Here's some soldiers. And some people are like, I'll give you soldiers if I can marry your daughter. And you're like, oh, oh fuck. Big old creepy guy wants to marry your like 13-year-old daughter. And you're like, no. I want to say no. But I need like 3,000 more soldiers. And I've only got 100. So... So like so there's some of that. Some people want you to do something for him, like they send you a little mini quests and stuff. So you gotta like juggle all of those things. And what's really great about it is because, so here's what happens: you do you answer the que- the questionnaires from the commoners, then you talk to your family. You can walk around the castle. It's like, it's kind of like menu based, uh, but not exactly. It's like you're looking at an overworld map. Um, and the way that they do it is really cool because this is like a 100 percent zero fat game like it's all killer no filler because you're always doing something there's always a choice there's always somebody talking to you there's always something that's going on something some problem there's always something happening and there's never any fucking downtime there's no like leveling up there's no grinding for gold there's no stupid random battles like it's just decision 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 what's going on what's going on story story decision decision boom 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 boom. like the pace is really fast really fast paced and so I'll start playing this game and I'll like answer a couple commenter questions. Go talk to my daughters. Go talk to the wife. Oh shit, the soldiers are coming. And I'll like, I'll just kind of bounce between all three of those things and I'll just, it'll be like five o'clock in the morning before I realize it. And I'm like, oh my God, I've been playing this game for like a bunch of hours and like, oh, it's great. Like, it's really great. Like, what are you ending? And is like, you're, you're getting an ending at the end of that or no? Yeah. So that's really the thing. Is this, this is not procedural. It's not a roguelike at all. This is a scripted story with very specific story beats that happens there's also um a mystery to solve that you have to solve as well you have to like negotiate between all the different people in your kingdom keep people happy you also have to manage like your supplies make sure you don't run out of stuff when you're playing uh you know just like managing the day-to-day stuff so there's all these little levels to everything but it's very simple it's very straightforward none of it is tedious none of it feels like it shouldn't be there and there's like all these little details to it that are very cool. And but at the same time, it's a perfect fit for the Switch. It's great on the Switch. Uh, I will say uh, just one word of caution: uh, there is some kind of problem with the game's program where if you if you have the game loaded to your SD card, it'll sometimes not finish loading when you transition between screens. You have to load it into the internal memory, and that seemed to solve it. So just heads up that there's a little bit of bug. I talked to the developers; they are actually pushing a patch for it pretty soon so that is probably going to go away in a minute i mean by the time this podcast is up it may already not even be an issue anymore but just heads up on that but it looks great on the switch control is great on the switch i think it's a perfect fit for the switch you can play little like bite-sized rounds and every time you finish a round you're like i want to just do one more i want to see what happens to the to the commoner i want to see what happens the next time you can Uh, send like oh you have little soldiers you can send them out to the kingdom and like collect gold and stuff and it's just like it's it's not it's not like a 4x it's not like a sim sim there's a ton of story to it there's a ton of character there's a ton of interesting little twists but there's also like a pretty good chunk of gameplay where you're just managing shit and i think it's just fucking fascinating when people come to you and they want they want you to do stuff for them and you're like what should i do and like a lot of these questions are very tense um something i neglected to mention is that there is uh no chance of saving like it auto saves every time you do something so you just you make your choice and you fucking commit because there's no going back. You can't. Oh yeah. You can't be like, oh, well, what happens if I give you the gold, or what happens if I don't give you the gold, and then you can't go back and reload the save to just make sure you get the right choice. You gotta just commit, and like whatever you commit to, that's it. So sometimes you're like, oh fuck, I wish I had gone back and done this other thing, but you can't go back. So it really makes you feel like there's some stakes to it. There's definitely some tense moments. Um, I love this game. I think it is great. I think I'm so glad I'm playing it. I'm so glad I tried it. 
I love this game. This is exactly the shit that I come to the Switch for. I'm so happy uh, that this game is here. I'm not done with it, but fucking A, dude. I stay up until 5 o'clock every goddamn morning playing this fucking game, and it is wearing me out because I need to go to bed, and I can't. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask how long do you think it, that it is, like hour-wise, but... I mean, I want to guess. I want to say maybe like 10 hours max, probably even shorter than that, but just depends on, you know, if you play in a marathon session or something. Yeah. It's not, it's not a huge game, which I think is in its favor. Like, it's very small. Very contained. You get a feel for it real quick. Um, there's no like wandering or just you know searching. Like it's all just like boom, 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 boom. Everything is presented to you. Yeah. I just I really admire how fast paced and how compact it all is. I love the pace of this game. When you were talking about like the high stakes uh, decision stuff, is there any stakes of like a fail state? Like can you like lose, die, or whatever? So I I think that there is. What happens is you okay. So so people can die. Characters in your Family can die. Friends and allies can die. You can make enemies of people where they will all of a sudden not be your friend and they'll fight you. Uh, so this, so, so in terms of stakes, that can happen. Um, I have run out of supplies a couple of times. And what happens is you'll get a kill screen where it's like, oh, you fucked up, King. You ran out of supplies. But they realize, like, you're not going to want to start back at the beginning. It's not a roguelike, right? Like, it's, a, it's a, a scripted story. So what they do is if you die, they will send you back to the last save point. And then they will um, give you a chance to, like, you know, if you run out of supplies, they'll give you, like, 20 supplies to just, like, mm. get past that choice to, to keep going, right? They want you to finish the game. They want you to see the whole story. You may not get a good ending. You may get a fucking terrible ending. You may be real sad at your choices that you made, but you will make it to the end as long as you keep playing. So there's oh, no, like, there's no hard fail. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. I think that's a great way to do it. And also, I'm wondering, that brings up the question of how many endings are there because it sounds like there's... A lot of permutations of how you can play this. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can you can have your family alive. You can have your family dead. You can marry off all your daughters. You can not marry your daughters. You can have your friends survive or not. You can win the war or not. You can. I okay. mean, there's all these little permutations. And, man, like some of those choices, I'm just like staring at the screen like, oh, oh fuck. What do I do? What do we do? Okay, yeah. so I'm starting this tonight. Uh, oh, it's great. You're going to love it, dude. Okay, it I'm sorry. It's, an, it's one of those excitement, like I get in bed and I have a couple hours before I go to bed or an hour before. And also, let's like come back on the podcast and talk about our endings. Let's do that. Uh, we have a little mini spoiler cast. I am yeah. so okay. curious how this is going to how this is going to. I will say one thing, though. I will say one thing. Just one tiny criticism of this game. I love this game. I'm just going to say it straight out. I love this game. It's great. One tiny criticism of this game is that this game is very strange in that it's kind of a blend of many different genres and you don't exactly know all the systems and how they work and stuff like that. So there's a few times when, you know, it saves after what you do and I'm like, wait a minute, I thought I was doing this thing and ah, fuck, it's actually not the right thing to do. And so there's been a few oopsies that I've done where I thought I was doing one thing and I actually didn't. Um, Uh, So in that sense, just, you know, read through the instructions very carefully. Don't hit the buttons really quickly if you don't know what you're doing. Uh, but it'll keep it'll carry through. I mean, I don't know. I think maybe having some regret is part of the good part of this game because you actually you have the feels right. Like you you regret what you did. You feel bad about what you did. It's not just like you don't care. So I mean, I love this game. I think this game is fantastic. I absolutely recommend this game to everybody who is even remotely interested in what I just said. And if you want a great game on the Switch, small, compact, fast paced, no fat, oh, uh, nice. killer, all killer, no filler. I love Yes Your Grace. It is great. I love it. Uh, some uh, quick uh, tidbits before we go and also that's um, you know a great way to end it kind of really really brand new game and also one you love and now that I if you've got me jazzed on it uh, the developer is Brave at Night yes and it's your first game yeah first game and it's inspired by Slavic uh, folklore 
Okay, there you go. I knew so it, I knew there was some was kind of on. something. Yeah, yeah. Like that, yeah. And also, it's not on PS4, but it's on Switch and Xbox One and Windows. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Windows meaning Steam, I think. Yeah, it's on Steam. I'm sure it's on Steam, yeah. yeah. Uh, I said that. It was like, who plays, like, I've got a Microsoft Windows game. I guess that Games exists. for Windows Live. Let's yeah. do it. Uh, okay, uh, I'll get on my Switch tonight. There we go. Check it out. That game is dope. And I, I, t- I tell everybody listening to this podcast, uh, man, if you like this podcast, if you like my taste in games, this game is great. I love this. This game is so my shit. I can't even stand it. Well, it's going to be my um, shit, too. Before we leave, though, one more tangent because we're a tangent I gotta, episode. I got to hear about 1971 Helios Project. Oh, another tangent before that, though. This is <laughs> tangent yet, on a tangent. This is yes, your grace. Sometimes you, you were saying, sometimes you have to say no, right? Uh, I don't know if I mentioned on this podcast, but one of the games I'm most excited about ever is Say No More. Have you heard of this game? I have not heard about this game. Tell me. Everybody uh, just hit the trailer. Uh, I think there's like kind of a, a gameplay uh, video as well. I would say don't watch too much of it because it's the fun is in the like learning of it, but... It's, uh, again, by a brand new developer. It's just uh, Fizbin, Studio Fizbin. And I don't know when it's coming out. It's, it's like, still in development. Essentially, you just are, like, an office manager uh, working in an office. And everyone keeps asking you to do stuff. And they're all NPCs. And your main mechanic, you, like, learn from a coach, like a, like a life coach. And he's like, you've got to say no more often. And uh, so you, at some point, like, start, like, shouting no at the people. And they'll like they'll drop their papers and be like, "What the what the fuck?" And like you just like scare people because you start saying no to them, uh, or then you can do things like clap or laugh at them, and they're like confused by that. They're like, "What are you? Why are you laughing at me?" And then you like hit them with a no. <laughs> it's hard to explain in this audio. This sounds insane. This sounds totally. It insane. is so fucking funny. Go look up the "Say No More" trailer. And you're welcome. It's so All right. good. All right. Before we go, I got to hear about this 1971 Helios Project. I think we talked about it maybe one or two episodes ago. Top-down, turn-based strategy set in a frozen post-apocalyptic world. I said don't get it because it's not great, and you were kind of sold on it. What happened? All right. So you were right. <laughs> but you were also right. We were both right. We each had good calls this episode. We did. We both had like, calls on each other's stuff. But, yeah. I what I was excited about was I still wanted to believe that the world they built in the trailer and in the in the website, which was, looks great, was there and was like you know could control a dog and it looks great and the, I do like the art style a lot because I did it's play great it. art style yeah the art style is beautiful you know and it it I paid real money for it oh, not man. not a code and I got the debug version there's yeah it's on the store right now still a debug version of the game which is crazy. Um, so that doesn't go away. Like, I know I'm working on a game right now, and that debug screen you can turn off at some point in the game I'm working on. And this one you can't. So that's stupid. And also the combat is over the top hard at some point. Like, I went through, I don't know, seven battles or eight battles and started feeling like I got a good feel for it. And then just felt unfair. Like, it felt unfair how the enemies were shooting me, like, from way far away, one-shotting me. And I was like, well, this is this feels very unfun. Um, because of the combat. So then I had the debug menu there. So I was like, well, <laughs> fuck you. And just made it like super easy for me. Uh-huh. But then that kind of took the fun out of it. Cause like, you know, what are you trying to, you need that ebb and flow of, right. This right. is a little difficult. Anyways. And even with that, some of the, I put it on easy mode essentially and got through some of that stuff. But a lot of the, um, dialogue was lost in translation. 
like it didn't seem like I could get into the story because it just didn't it didn't hit with me so unfortunately you're right uh, I would not recommend it and yeah maybe they they could patch it though or something because the art style is so good Um, but yeah yeah just hire that artist to do a different project and just get another project going because like it looks so good in trailers I got real excited for it but just like you said, after a while, I bounced off. And, I mean, come on, guys. Don't upload the debug version. What are you doing? Seriously. Well, I'm sure that was an accident, but I don't know how I'm, they kind of <laughs> uploaded a new version by now. Seriously, seriously. Okay. All right. All right. That is it for the show. That is a full plate of stuff. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that. Thank you very much for joining us once again. Uh, before we go, just a quick reminder. We love your questions and comments. Hit us up at SoVideoGamesPodcast at gmail.com. We're on the Twitters as a show, at SoVideoGames. Hit us up individually is probably better, though. Carlos, where can people find you this week? Oh, not for me. I left social media, so... Carlos, you you, you got to just actually find Carlos. That's how you get a hold of him. If you can find me, I'm in Washington. Uh, and, you know, come say hi. I Lots of times I'm inside, so you won't probably see me outside. Stay six feet away, wear a mask, but come say hi. Yeah. Actually, no, don't come say hi. Um, just deal with the fact that you can listen to me here we're, we're, we're together in this audio version <laughs> that's enough that's enough that's enough for carlos this week okay fair enough fair enough i get it uh as for me same as always on twitter on instagram b-r-a-d-g-a-l-l-a-w-a-y all a's no o's and that is going to do it for episode 188 thank you folks again for joining us here on the so video games podcast and we'll be back before you know it but in the meantime this is bye from brad And yes, your grace from Carlos. I'm going to download it right now. Go play it right now. That game is great. I'm I'm literally, I'm already installing it. Download it literally now. I'm installing it (laughs) right now. (laughs)